0: The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. You heard it. The College Basketball Dream Podcast, I think fifth edition already on the way here. For the first time ever, we have, at least as far as the College Basketball Dream Podcast goes, we have a double, that's right, double best bet from AJ Hoffman and myself, Brad Powers. AJ, fresh off an easy win, as far as best bets go. And speaking of best bets, let's do a you know a couple of guys on Twitter said, "Hey, wh- where's the recap bet that we had all season during the football season?" Let's get a little game show recap to start this one off. Hi, I'm Brad Powers, and last week's best bet was not a good one for me. I had Kansas State on Saturday. They go down in flames at home against Iowa State. Not a good look from start to finish. Kansas State center Dean Wade gets hurt again in the second half. Still, though, 3-1 and one on best bets so far in the College Basketball Dream Podcast edition. And as far as money goes, Sleepy lost a couple bets to old Brad Powers. Brad Powers got you by the hook in the NC State game and then got you a lot more on the Kentucky-Tennessee game. And speaking of Kentucky-Tennessee, A.J. Hoffman, how'd you do on the last podcast?
1: I'm A.J. Hoffman. I got back to 500 with my best bets. Kentucky, easy to the window. Just dominated the second half. Uh, As far as bets go, I think since it's illegal across straight state lines, uh, we're even on dinners, I believe, at this point.
0: We are. No, I'm still one up on you because you you got me
1: here last time. So I
0: owe you one. Not one up. You're one up on me. I owe you one. So that's a little recap for those of you that have been requesting for that.
1: And sleepy. I don't know what you were thinking with that Tennessee sleepy. Yeah, we tried man. to tell you, you. Got
0: it on the schedule. You were reaching when it came to that schedule. Oh,
1: I God. can't believe you went. I can't believe you went with Dave instead of us. Here we've been working together. I thought you, you were loyal, and you go against the family. Yeah. You go against the family. Well,
0: Uncle Dave is probably more family that, than you and I are compared to sleepy. He, uncle All Dave right. and him goes way back
1: several years. Oh, it's, it's actually his uncle. Little known fact.
0: No. (laughs) Nice. All right, let's get it started. We got nine big ones this week, and we'll start it off on Monday night. Showtime! Woo! All right, no beating them around the bush here. We're going to get right into it Monday. Number four, Virginia at number 22, Virginia Tech. Actually, since we're taping this podcast on Sunday evening, we do have an overnight on this one. This one's been jumping around all afternoon, all Sunday afternoon. Right now, the current line: four and a half. Virginia, four and a half, it was up to five, came down to three and a half. Now it's four, four and a half. If you can shop around, since AJ has the strongest opinion on this game, I'll let you go ahead and lead this one off.
1: Yeah, I, I like. Uh, I, well, I don't know if I like Virginia at four and a half, five. I definitely like Virginia under four. Uh, Virginia looking for revenge. Uh, they lost it, it, it or uh, Virginia Tech's looking for revenge. Pardon me. They lost 81 59 at UVA. The first time around Virginia Tech shot 43% from the field, seven of 21 from three in the first game. I, I mean, that's, it's not a bad night. Justin Robinson, though, he's not around anymore. He's out indefinitely. He only had nine points for, for tech in the first game, but he's also their primary ball handler only had one turnover. Uh, in, in the five games they've played without Robinson, scoring 10 less points per game than their season average. He's, he's easily their best overall player. He's their second leading scorer, uh, a great defensive player, and they need him desperately on defense against that UVA backcourt. Uh, Virginia Tech hasn't covered in a game since that 47-24 win against North Carolina State, still probably the weirdest game that's been played all season long. Uh, Virginia seven and one on the road, straight up and against the spread. They're only lost this season on the road by two points at Duke Virginia tech. Meanwhile, two and four against the spread at home one and three against the spread and straight up as an underdog this year. Uh, Virginia tech only has one win over ACC opponents with a plus a, a, a 500 or better record in conference. And that's Syracuse. That's their only ACC win against a team. That's over 500 in conference. I like Virginia at three and a half, four. I'd lean that way, four and a half, five. I think that's probably as far as I'd be willing to go. I might bet some pizza money on Virginia up to five.
0: All right, that's A.J. Hoffman. You can follow A.J. on Twitter at A.J. is the real. With a like on Virginia, like he just so eloquently said, depending on the line, three and a half, four, like Virginia, and four and a half, five more in the lean category. And again, as we're taping this, this line's been bouncing around all over the place on Sunday afternoon and evening. Uh, four, three and a half, four and a half, right around four, what we'll, we'll call it here. Before I go sleepy, do, do you got anything on this one?
2: Yeah, I'm not sure which Virginia Cavaliers team is going to show up for this game. So for me, it's going to end up being a pass. But I'm more trying to see what the result of this game is going to be because I'll probably aren't
0: we all. I wish I knew that. Hell, that way I can get some money down.
2: (laughs) I plan on looking at the result to go ahead and make a wager for the Virginia Louisville game based on what happens in this game. Okay, it's going to be a pass for me.
0: All right, pass for sleepy. I'm on the other side. Although I'll say that AJ had a stronger handicap. Here's why I'm leaning with Virginia, at least at the current number four, four and a half on Virginia Tech, the, the home dog. Speaking of home dog, Virginia Tech the last three years is a home underdog, 13 and one against the number as a home underdog. You look at Virginia in that first matchup, shot 58 and half percent from the floor. I mean, that's by far the most Virginia Tech's allowed all season. So a little bit of an outlier performance there. Virginia has gotten a little pricey in the marketplace. They've only covered one of their last five games. The reason it's not a like for me, it's kind of what AJ got into a little bit about Virginia Tech key injury. Justin Robinson, he's one of their better players, 14 points per game, three and a half rebounds per game, five and a half assists per game. Since he's been out, Virginia Tech's only covered one game, and that would have been the NC State game. Since then, Virginia Tech hasn't covered. I will say this, Virginia Tech has really gotten up against Virginia as of late. The fact that they actually, in their last seven games, have three straight-up wins over Virginia. I know it doesn't sound great. Hey, a team's three and four straight-up. But keep in mind, Virginia has been a consistent top-five team, and to have three victories in the last seven says that Virginia Tech really circles this game. And I think you get a max-motivated effort out of the Hokies. Just a lean for me on Virginia Tech plus the points. But again, A.J. with the stronger handicap and the stronger opinion. He's got a like on Virginia Three and a half, four. If that's where the line is, Sleepy's passing. Any closing thoughts, AJ? Yeah,
1: I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm looking at some different books now, and I've got some fours here, so it's going to be a like for me at four. I'm actually going to go ahead and put it into pregame right now at four. Uh, but yeah, it, this is a I, I, I like Virginia here. But I, I just think Justin Robinson. He's he's been he's so valuable to that Virginia Tech team, and they just haven't looked like the same team without him. It, they they're not the same offensively. They're not the same defensively. And if you're going to hang with this Virginia team, you've really got to be firing on all on all cylinders. And and I just have a hard time seeing them seeing them do that with without their best player.
0: A little pull behind the curtain there. AJ gonna put a premium pick in as we're doing the podcast. This I guy put, has it, so many talents. I mean, he's a you know, a great husband. Uh, a, a great father. He's got several dogs. He's a program director in the nation's number four market in Houston. He has his own radio show. He's a handicapper. He's a former MMA fighter. He was in, he served in the military. What is it that you can't do? I'm like jealous. I mean I feel like two things are three too many
1: mediocre father, mediocre husband, for sure. If you ask them, they'll, they'll let you know the great father and husband. That's too much accolade. But I, I do, I, if I, if I say I'm going to, if I like a pick on this podcast, I always put it into pregame for my subscribers and, uh, and I, I always put it in my own account as well. So if I like it, I'm playing with my money and, and recommending it to my, uh, to my players as well.
0: Fair enough. And again, that's on the Virginia side, minus four for AJ. Moving along, Tuesday night, a ranked-on-ranked matchup. seems like every podcast we're talking about uh, the Maryland Terrapins. Number 24. Every
1: one so far. Five for five now.
0: (laughs) Number 24, Maryland's at number 21, Iowa. No line uh, out yet for this one. Again, this is Tuesday night action here. I'll call it a projected line of Iowa minus the two as the home favorite. I'll lead this one off. I lean with Iowa here. Uh, You know, just situationally uh, with the game for Maryland, I mean, you go through their schedule. You don't see this too often in some of the bigger conferences. Seventh game away from home in Maryland in the last month. Seven of their last nine games, if you count this one, have been away from home in the last month for the Terps. And keep in mind, it's not like geographically speaking, Maryland's close to all these Big Ten schools. Every single road trip, with the exception of maybe you know Penn State, involves Maryland getting on a plane and, and having to fly halfway across the country. Especially when you're talking uh, to the middle of the country, Iowa's and the Nebraskas of the world. We've seen Maryland one and four on the road in their last five. Just a lean though on Iowa, and here's why it's not a like for me. You know, Iowa's been really fortunate in two, in two of their most recent games. I mean, two. Last-second buzzer beaters to beat. Uh, you, you look at their the latest game against Rutgers on the road and, and then a game against Northwestern last Sunday night. Again, both games for Iowa coming at the buzzer. Maybe that luck runs out. I don't think it goes here, but I think Iowa's being a little bit overvalued because of it, and that's why it's a lean-only Iowa minus two. What say you, A.J.?
1: Yeah, for some reason I just don't feel like Iowa's as good as their record says they are. I, I I don't see them as a really good team. I'm I'm just not a believer. They've got that one win against Michigan, and that's obviously a standout win. Their next best conference win is what? Ohio State at home? Is that the is that second best win they've had in conference? If so, I'm I'm not impressed. Maryland is more is the more battle tested team. Uh, but they have struggled to win on the road against the upper half of the Big Ten. They've lost at Purdue. They lost at Michigan State. They lost at Wisconsin. They they lost at Michigan. So uh, the question is, does Iowa belong in that conversation of the top the top half of the Big Ten? Or are they in the next year with Minnesota, Ohio State, Nebraska, which are all, they've all been double-digit road wins for Maryland. So uh, Maryland's last three games, one of the stats that jumped out at me, 44.5 rebounds per game. Iowa's last three games, 29.7 rebounds per game. And Maryland's going to dominate most most teams on the boards, but Iowa in particular is going to struggle. It, 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 nothing's going to come easy inside for for Tyler Cook, who is a, a great player, but with, with what we've seen is Jalen Smith gives them now a third option behind Cowan and Fernando. And I, I just think that, that Maryland has too many bodies, too many weapons right now. I, in getting points, I think I think I lean to Maryland plus two in this one. Iowa, this is a, a big opportunity for them, and and you know sometimes we we say well we'll wait and see what they do in this game before we make a, a firm decision on what we think of this team. I think this is sort of a prove it to me game for Iowa, so I lean Maryland until Iowa proves me wrong.
0: Yeah, and looking over the schedule as far as home wins, you're right. Big Ten play Michigan would probably be the best. They did beat Nebraska in Jan- early January. At that time, Nebraska was at least a lot better than what we've seen from the Huskers since that time. And, and you got to give Iowa a little bit of credit. Iowa State, at, you know, in non-conference at home is a, a pretty solid win over a Cyclones team that just took me to the woodshed in my Kansas State best bet pick on the last pod. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with a lot what you said, Uh as far as Maryland's advantages. And again, that's why it's a lean for me only on Iowa minus the two. AJ lean on Maryland plus the two. Now, Sleepy, you said Big Ten. You you can't bet it. Do you got anything here or no?
2: I actually looked at this game, and I kind of lean Iowa here. It's very Oh, I'm in
0: trouble now, AJ. N-
2: no, 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 no. You're in good shape here. <laughs> okay. Obviously, Maryland will be you know, back-to-back games, but this is something that I usually generally do in college basketball. When a team like Iowa gets away with a one-point win, two-point win whatever buzzer beater they won the last two games by a combined three points they have to come into the next game focused and luckily for them they're at home if it was on the road i would say you know what i can't trust iowa but the fact that i think that they'll be focused maryland will be on back-to-back road games here i would take a slight lean here towards iowa that's the only way i would go in
0: that game but you can't bet the big 10 though right just a lean a lean's not a bet so i'm not (sighs) betting
1: it i think we all lean i don't think any any of (laughs) us no i'm kidding dude I don't think any of us feel real strong about that game based on what based on the handicapping no, here. So it's, it's it's a lot of leany type things. I I mean I, I think a lot of us don't trust Iowa and I think rightfully so because Iowa's not a they're not a heritage program and and you know, they've been their record says they're good, but I I just don't know.
0: Yeah, and to put it in perspective, I mean, Iowa does have a gaudy record at 20-5. and I just think there's going to be other opportunities to to go against this Iowa team down the stretch here because of that gaudy record. I'm just seeing where I have Iowa in my latest power uh, ratings, 29th. So, I mean, Iowa's getting a lot of love in the top 25. uh, And, and again, I only have them 29th, even though they're 20-5, and so... I'm right there for the most part with you guys. I just The overriding factor for me is just Maryland with all these road trips. And, again, traveling halfway across the country on a lot of them. Sooner or later, that wears you down. Again, split decision here. AJ, lean Maryland. Iowa, lean for me. Sleepy over the top with a lean on Iowa. I don't know if that's good news. If it was the Big West Conference, I'd be like, yeah, Sleepy's Mm -hmm. with me on the Big West. But Big Ten, I don't know, man.
1: We've had no agreement yet, I don't think. No, we have not.
0: All right, and and another game uh, that we got on the board, Uncle Dave Esler coming in over the top on an additional Tuesday night game. Let's give a listen.
3: Tuesday night in the ACC, Florida State at Clemson. Look at Clemson. They've got two home losses this season, one to Nebraska way back when, when Nebraska was actually playing well. The other one to Virginia, no shame in either one. They come into this game against FSU, loses of two straight, but only by a point at Miami and at Louisville, so they're not playing badly. This is also a revenge game from a nine-point loss in a game they led at halftime in Tallahassee earlier this season. Clemson probably favored in five of their last six games only be slight dogs at home to North Carolina. So what does that mean? That means they can be a 20-win ACC team, tough to keep them out. Situationally, FSU's at North Carolina Saturday. If they blink a little bit, they're in trouble. Defensively, Clemson is number two in the ACC in defensive efficiency. You guys know I love my defense. And when FSU struggles, it's against a team that can slow them down, typically. And that's what Clemson is going to do. I think this line's going to open about a pick. They're going to beg for FSU money, and I think they'll get it fairly early. I think you'll be able to get Clemson maybe plus a point, point and a half, maybe even two for a little bit. But FSU's won seven straight. Not a good road win this season, maybe at Syracuse. They lost at Pitt. They lost at BC. Tonight they're going to lose at Clemson Tuesday night.
0: Uh, and that was Dave Essler again uh, on Clemson there. As far as the line goes, I, I agree w- with Dave. If I'm getting anything plus with Clemson, I, I, I certainly, he, he gets agreement from me. That would be a like. I'm just not sure he, we're going to get it. Uh, I, I would say – uh, you know, going off my power ranks, I think Clemson will be minus one. Not that it's far off of what Dave was projecting there, but again, I'll I, I like Clemson. At, you know, plus one, plus two, uh, even at Pickham. I'm just thinking the line's going to have Clemson as a short favorite, right around one. Any thoughts on that one, AJ?
1: Yeah, my thoughts are, I'm, I, Clemson's another team I just don't trust. And if you look at what what their wins are this season, their best win is Virginia Tech. A week ago, and we just talked about what Virginia Tech is right now. They're a total mess right now. Uh, their next best win Lipscomb. is probably Lipscomb. Yeah, I mean, they just don't have a quality win that makes me go, you know what? I can trust them to beat Florida State. And, and road home, I, it doesn't really matter to me. Even like the Louisville game, had they won that game, maybe it changes my mind a little bit. But that's that was so fluky that the game even finished close. I, I mean, Louisville was—they should have walked away with that thing at the end. Uh, you know, their their wins before the, their last few wins, Virginia Tech with, without Justin Robinson, Georgia Tech, Wake Forest, Pittsburgh, Georgia Tech. I'm just going through all the worst teams in the ACC. So Clemson's one of those teams who's beating up on the ragtag guys in the ACC and has really done nothing to prove that they're a quality team themselves other than that Virginia Tech game, which I put a, a huge asterisk next to.
0: Yeah, I'm just looking at this, and I'm going to project forward like Dave was saying. Man, Clemson got fortune as far as the ACC schedule goes. I mean, after this one, BC, Pittsburgh, and then North Carolina's tough, but Notre Dame and Syracuse a little bit down. I mean, as low as the ACC is, I mean, at least coming down the stretch when you're going to look at their last 10, 12 games of the season, uh, not 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 a lot of heavyweights. Uh, Clemson's played coming down the stretch, so there might be some value on a team playing against a team not only ACC uh, conference tournament, uh, but also. I mean, it looks like Clemson might be nit material uh, when it comes to a postseason tournament. Yeah, schedule wise, n- n- not impressive at all. Uh, and,
1: and Florida State's got some quality wins. The C- Florida State beat LSU. Florida State beat Purdue. Florida State Duke beat Louisville. Rules. Yeah, could have beat Duke. I mean, that, that's a to me, that, that's a that's a scary bet that, that Dave's making. So I, I just don't trust Clemson yet. And if they prove me wrong, cool. I, I'm just I'll sit out until until further notice.
0: All right. Uh, again, that was Dave Esler on Clemson, and, and he gets agreement as long as we're getting uh, you know plus money with Clemson. Uh, I, I'll agree with that. I just think Clemson's going to open up right around one. So you know, quote me on that one. Moving along, we're going to go to Wednesday action. We got a loaded Wednesday card here, several games. First one on the docket, Florida at number 19, LSU. Uh, I'll lead this one off. And this is one of those games where we have a double like. Sleepy, you're going to pass on this one. Double like, though, from both AJ and myself. And my like is LSU, the home team here. Now, two very different teams. LSU's going to want to run. Florida just doesn't. Florida's one of the slower-paced teams in the entire country. Florida's more known for their defensive side of the ball. LSU's got the much better offense here. And I just trust LSU more. You look at this LSU team, the last 15 games, they're 14-1 and one straight up. They've covered 10 of them. The only loss was by a single point. I mean, they're just playing some of the best basketball of the season. We saw that with the big road upset against Kentucky. Look, LSU didn't cover at Georgia. That was a tough spot for them. Uh, but give them credit that LSU didn't get outright upset against the Bulldogs. Florida, off probably one of their better performances of the season. Uh, they take it to Alabama on the road as a road dog, but Outlier performance for the Gators, especially on the offensive side of the ball. They shot 54% from the field. Florida hadn't done that since late November. And, and then prior to this game, I mean, the Gators were a, a fade team. 0-7 against the number uh, prior to that Alabama game. So we'll take advantage off the outlier performance that Florida just had. I like LSU minus 6. I considered it to be a possible best bet. But here's why it wasn't my best bet. LSU does have Tennessee on deck, a home game against Tennessee. And that'll be, you know, at that time, even though Tennessee just lost to Kentucky, the two teams tied atop the SEC right now are still Tennessee and LSU. So they might be peeking ahead a little bit maybe in the second half. That's the only reason why this one isn't a best bet. Like LSU minus six, what say you, A.J. Hoffman?
1: Uh, it's actually, this was actually my second best bet of the week too. So when, when you, you, when we sent in our best bets and I saw we had the same one, I said, Oh, do you want me to change? I'll take LSU otherwise. And, uh, we decided to stick with the, the double best bet, but LSU is my second favorite play and, and they survived that, that horrible situational spot at Georgia. We knew it was going to be tough for them. They had their season defining win. And then you go play one of the worst teams in the sec, LSU has a massive rebounding edge against Florida. This Florida team just doesn't rebound, particularly on the offensive uh, boards. And the, the things that that hurt LSU as a team, Florida doesn't really do well. Uh, so LSU, is they've been vulnerable against teams that hit a high percentage from three. That's not Florida. They're, they're 190th in the country at 34%. They're only 26% over their last five games. Florida's shooting the ball horribly. Uh, LSU has been kind of turnover prone this season, almost 14 per game, but they've only given it up nine times per game over the last three. That was against Georgia, Kentucky, and Auburn. So they're taking a little bit better care of the ball right now, Florida, 0 and six and five, pardon me on the road against top 50 teams. And which obviously LSU is you talked about LSU. They, they, they just had kind of an outlier game. Florida just kind of had an outlier game. Florida snapped a seven game against the spread losing streak. LSU snapped a three-game against the spread winning streak. LSU's just a deeper, more athletic team. They've been more impressive to me. Florida, every, everyone kept saying, oh, Florida's the the best team with a bad record. I, I just don't see it anymore. I think well, Kayvon's not the guy that he was a couple years ago still. He's not as bad as he was last year, but he's still nothing special. And th- this LSU team is really starting to get it together. I love their coaching. I, I love that they've got – some, some strong, uh, freshmen to go with some guys that have experience. I just really like this LSU team. I think they should roll here.
0: Yeah. And speaking of that, you know, when you're 25 games in the season and you're 14, 11, for the most part, you are what your record says you are. (laughs) I mean, at some point, I mean, you got to come through with some of these games and you saying Florida and I get it from a power ratings aspect, Florida is up there. That's why the line's pretty short here. And if you think it is, you know, Ken palm has got this number right now at five. So I took it up a little bit. I, I think six is a pretty fair number. But, yeah, I, I think LSU's clearly the right side here. And we'll take advantage off of Florida off their biggest win of the season, or at least most dominating performance uh, of the season. Double like on LSU minus the six. Quick question, AJ. How how deep can you see this LSU team going? I mean, is this uh, a team? I mean, obviously Sweet 16's on the table, but I, I mean, is this a, a sleeper team to make a Final Four run? I mean, when you win in Lexington, uh, <laughs> I mean, I think all bets are off as far as a team making a deep run. What, what do you think?
1: I, I'm with you. I don't see why they couldn't. Uh, like I said, they're a well-coached team. They've got incredible backcourt play. They've got some freshmen that are coming into their own right now. They've got some senior leadership in the front court. I, I think there's a lot to like about this team, and if I were looking for for dark horse Final Four teams, LSU's for sure on my list.
0: Yeah, and I, obviously, guys, when we're talking dark horse, uh, a lot of it just pulling the behind the curtain a little bit. I, I like to look at path when the actual brackets come out. Uh, of course, in, in March, a lot of it, I mean, path can be a lot. And right now, I'm just seeing LSU 60 to one. Uh, if it was, you know. A little bit higher. I, I think that would be a little bit attractive there. Again, double like LSU. Some first game we actually agreed on so far. You know, <laughs> yeah, AJ. I don't think it's going to be the case in the next game. Moving along, number sixteen Louisville at Syracuse. I'll let you lead this one. Who do you like in this one?
1: Well, I don't like anybody. I lean with, with Louisville. Uh, Syracuse has been—they're pretty solid at home. Twelve and four straight up. Nine and seven against the spread. They've only played two top 25 Ken Palm teams at home this season. They lost by 18 to Florida state lost by 12 to Buffalo. And the, the, the reason why I don't like Louisville is because they're struggling to close out games. I mean, they, the, that game yesterday was just gross. They led by seven with 17 seconds left mm. and then held on to beat Clemson by a point. This was after the, the Florida state collapse. And after the Duke collapse, uh, Louisville six and two against the spread on the road, though, um, Georgia Tech and Old Dominion, both outside the top 100, have won games at the Carrier Dome this season. Conversely, Louisville's got road wins at North Carolina and Seton Hall. I just think Louisville's a much better team here. And when you're talking about one point and a so-so home court advantage for Syracuse, I'll I, I, I lean with Louisville here. They've shot well in conference play. Louisville's top five guys in minutes played, all shooting 37%. Uh, or better from three-point range, obviously important when you go against that zone. You're, they're going to have to shoot to win this game. But Louisville right now in a, in a nice groove uh, from behind the arc. So I'll lean with Louisville minus one.
0: I'm on the other side. Lean, though. Lean only on Syracuse plus one. I, my overriding factor here, and, and I get it. I, I mean, Louisville, big offensive edge. Louisville's played the tougher schedule. Uh, Louisville, it, it was understandable they were kind of sleepy early against Clemson. Uh, only 19 points in the first half but they rebound probably should have covered obviously a couple of threes late hurt that one but I just worry from an energy aspect as far as Louisville here overtime against Florida State on the road the Duke game that that went to the wire that that just mentally was exhausting to blow a 23 point lead Clemson a, a game that was much closer than what it needed to be Syracuse meanwhile has been off the last week and I just think uh, this is a game that Syracuse, if they want to avoid all the bubble drama that they seem to be having each and every, you know, when it comes late February, March season after season here, uh, I think they need this win here. So I'm more than happy to take Syracuse again. We, At least I am projecting the line to be plus one, lean Syracuse plus one. Sleepy's going to come over the top. Best bet of the entire podcast. He's like waving me down when AJ's doing his handicap. I thought that he was having a heart attack or something. Best bet in this one. What say you, Sleepy?
2: Yeah, I don't need or want any music for this one. Syracuse, best bet for me here. I do like the cues here. I wanted no part of Louisville last week. Obviously, we talked about that on the podcast. Orangeman had a nice break. They haven't had a play since last Wednesday. Brad talked about Louisville's energy level, and I think that that's going to be a problem here, being that they just played yesterday, being Saturday. Louisville also has Virginia on deck. And I think that's the game that they care about more. I think this is just a very tough spot here for Louisville. I like Syracuse a lot here. This is easily well, my best bet of the week.
1: Well, remember, you know, we're, we're recording this on Sunday night. This game's not until Wednesday night, so it's not like the game's tomorrow. It's I mean, it's normal rest for Louisville or uh, for for. It's, but with you talk about what Louisville's got on deck. Remember what Syracuse has after this. Their next two games: Duke and North Carolina. So I, I don't know. I, situationally, I actually think a lot of things lean towards Louisville here because Duke, North Carolina, and Virginia, three of the last five games after this one for Syracuse, the three best teams in the ACC. So I, I don't think Syracuse is like, oh, this is the end-all, be-all game here. I, I, I think that it's important you know for them because, like Brad said, if they, they're always on the bubble, always now at this point. But if they want to, to make it into the tournament – it's, it's, tough to see. it's tough to see a path where they do and they lose to Louisville and North Carolina and Duke and Virginia. So if your best win down the stretch is, you know, Wake Forest, at Wake Forest, that's probably not enough for your resume. But I, I do think situationally there's some things that line up all right for Louisville here.
2: My only question would be if this is Syracuse is on the bubble, which game do they figure that they're probably going to win? Do you think they're going to beat Louisville, North Carolina, or Duke? And where are the, where's the Duke and North Carolina game at? Obviously,
0: home against Duke. W will be significant. Dog road North Carolina. I, I, I agree with you. I, I'll I, I'll come over the top. I agree with you. Situationally, I think it it's more advantage Syracuse off a week. They have, and they're not looking ahead to Duke North Carolina. They can't they can't, they afford, can't afford to look it. ahead. Right. Yeah, they, can't can't uh, they need it. a win.
2: Right. So this so. is the game that I think that they're going to say, you know what, we got Louisville in a half decent spot here. We we're rested. We got to go all in here. And I think that that's the game that they're going to
0: do that. All right. All right. Best bet, sleepy coming. I mean, that's your first one of the podcast, right? Since we've been doing them, you've had some totals and stuff that you've liked, yeah. But that's your first one.
2: Yep, yep. So all far. right. Yeah. Well, hopefully, I get to play popping the, game the show
0: cherry next with week. Syracuse, the orange. Whew. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you credit on that one. I whew. I lean with you, buddy. Good luck. AJ's on the other side again. That was Syracuse and Louisville Wednesday night. Lean Syracuse for me. Best bet. Syracuse, Sleepy, Lean, Louisville, AJ Hoffman. Moving along, I teased this earlier in the podcast. First time ever, at least as far as the College Basketball Dream podcast goes, we are going to have a double best bet on the same side. And it just so happens to be a little game on Tobacco Road between number eight, North Carolina, and number two, Duke. Before I get into our best bets, I want to hear some blossom.
3: Don't know about the future That's anybody's guess And no good reason about getting all your grips. Fi up your patent pencil. I give you a piece of my mind.
0: Lead it off AJ Hoffman best bet North Carolina Duke projected line Duke a nine and a half point home favorite.
1: Well, last week I went against the, uh, the number one team in the country in Tennessee, and it worked out. I, I think I'm probably going against the new number one team in the country here with Duke, and uh, I'll take North Carolina plus nine and a half, best bet. Last eight games in this series have kind of alternated straight up and, and against the spread winners. Uh, UNC won the last game in the ACC tourney, so I, it is Duke's turn uh, they're on a nine-game win streak right now, straight up. Seven of their last eight wins have been by double digits. So Duke's obviously playing well. Everyone knows that. But North Carolina kind of been flying under the radar. They're not as sexy as Duke. They you know, they don't have you know, the best player in the world or three of the top five draft picks in the NBA. Uh, but they are 8-1 and one against the spread on the road this season. They've only played three top 50 teams on the road. Michigan, North Carolina State, and Louisville. Uh, but I, I really think they've held their own. They, they look like they're a, a pretty well-built team. Nasir Little worries me a little bit. He left the Virginia game uh, and only played the first half in the Wake Forest game yesterday. They were able to sit him in the second half because the game was just such a blowout. But UNC's strength defensively, defensively is limiting three-pointers. That won't matter against Duke. So they are gonna have to uh, they're gonna have to hold you know the the interior offense of Duke which not a lot of teams have been able to do but Duke three and three against the spread the last six home games they're expensive. We know that North Carolina has got to be aggressive from three in this game the, there's been a, a, a game plan drawn up on how to give Duke trouble. both their losses saw Gonzaga and Syracuse be aggressive and effective. From three-point range, if they make ten or ten or more three-pointers, I think they cover this game easily, if not win it. Uh, North Carolina is one of the only team Duke Duke will play that can match their tempo or or be faster than them. I think this is an up and down game. Uh, I think there's a lot of lead changes in this game, and I think at the end it's a really close, maybe a one-two possession game. Uh, so I'll I'll have to take the almost double-digit points here with one of the five or six best teams in the country, in my opinion, in North Carolina.
0: And uh, I'm full agreement. for me. Best bet, North Carolina, plus the 9.5 for me. Uh, speaking of that line, if you think it's large, uh, a large underdog role for North Carolina, it'll be their biggest one in five years. And, and if you think 9.5 might sound too much, uh, Kempbaum has this 11. I brought it down because I just think the market...
1: I think it, we might get double digits.
0: I think we might, too. I, I just, I'm going to play a conservative here and say 9.5. My buy price... Uh, is down to seven and a half. What what, what is yours?
1: Um, yeah, it's pro- seven and a half probably sounds about right, but I don't think that's going to be an issue. I I think it's going to be. It, I I would bet it doesn't go lower than nine. Uh, and and I think it's probably more likely to finish ten and a half than it is nine.
0: Yeah, and again, that to me screams that you're paying a premium on Duke. Sleepy, you know that well. You lost. You just lost by a hook with Duke. Yeah, he's paying the that premium against NC State. You're laying the premium with the Blue Devils now especially now that they're going to be a number one attached to their name. Again, biggest underdog role for North Carolina Fibers. Before I get into some of my handicap, I think we need to appreciate how good this rivalry has been between these two and how close the rivalry's been, hence why I'm taking the, the, the big number of points here in North Carolina. Last 100 meetings, Duke 51-49. and 49. 100 meetings, 51-49. and 49. Average score, <laughs> 77.8 for Duke, 77.5 for North Carolina. Last 100 meetings against the number last 27, 13, 13, and one incredibly tight a uh, series. Both teams love to get up and down the floor. AJ mentioned it in North Carolina, three-point shooting. And, you know, he mentioned that them hitting 10 of them. Well, it's possible they're top 20 in the country when it comes to three-point field goal percentage. They make about 39% of them as a team. Can't say the same for Duke. They had that big game against Virginia, you know, about 10 days ago, but Duke three-point shooting number 304 in the country. Duke does not shoot the three ball very well. Another thing that North Carolina has advantage, both AJ and myself think it's going to be a, 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 at least a closer than expected game. And it comes down to free throws. North Carolina number 58 in the country in free throw per, uh, percentage shooting, Duke Number 257, 200 spots higher in free-throw shooting. Advantage, North Carolina. And it's not like North Carolina had to break a sweat in their last game. Largest road win ever for the Tar Tar Heels in ACC play. They won by 38 over Wake Forest. Best bet for me, projected line, North Carolina plus 9.5. I'm Brad Powers. A.J. Hoffman, also best bet, North Carolina plus 9.5. Any closing thoughts?
1: No, I this is I actually feel better about this one than I did last week, and and like I said, I really do think really? that we're going to get a better line than nine and a half. I, I think that I just I mean, listen, Duke is obviously great, but I mean this is almost a disrespectful line in my opinion to North Carolina.
0: Yeah, I mean it's not like North Carolina's having a down year, like you mentioned. I mean I'm I'll look at my power ratings now, and th- these I post each and every Friday. Again, you can catch my power ratings. In the pregame.com forums each and every Friday, I post all 353 Division I teams. I got North Carolina 7, so it's not like they're chopped liver this year. And they've been playing some of their best ball. They had a slip-up at home against Virginia. Virginia's just been a bad matchup for North Carolina uh, the last four or five years. that They just can't get over that Virginia hump. So, uh, again, best bet. First time we've ever had it here, on the, at least on the College Basketball Dream podcast. Double best bet. North Carolina Tar Heels plus the 9.5 by Price Again, we don't think it's going to come down to this. Uh, a- A.J. probably takes it down to eight. I'll, t- I'm, I'll take it down to seven and a half. Seven's a relatively key number more in the NBA than college hoops, but uh, I-, I will take it. Best bet. Any Anything else, Sleepy? You got anything on this one? Duke, North Carolina? You fading this again? No, no, no. I like what yeah. you
2: said about, uh, <laughs> UN- about UNC actually having time to prepare, and I'm not sure that there's many teams in the nation that could actually have time to prepare with the athletes that unc has so i think they could actually prepare a game plan that their athletes could actually stop duke uh to some extent so i would either be with you guys i certainly would be against you because obviously duke cost me you know losing by half a point so i'm a little salty with them so
0: to that point i, I mean probably this year in particular duke beats half the teams in our schedule walking off the bus mm-hmm. N- yeah they don't beat north carolina walking off the, the, the ever bus. no so Uh, Yep, we'll take the big dog there. Uh, Again, A.J. Hoffman, you can follow him on Twitter, at A.J. is the real. You just heard Sleepy J. You can follow him on Twitter, at Sleepy J underscore pregame. I'm merely Brad Powers on Twitter, at Brad Powers 7. Moving along here, hot and heavy, still Wednesday action. We're going to go to the Pac-12. We have not talked Pac-12 basketball too much. Why?
1: Rightfully so. Uh, We don't have a team. It's bad.
0: It is bad basketball. But sometimes you can make some money. On some bad basketball. And in this matchup, at least we have the best team in the Pac-12. Utah's at Washington. Projected line has Washington a 10-point home favorite. Looks like AJ's got the strongest opinion. I'll let him lead off the handicap. Who do you like in this one?
1: Yeah, I like I like Utah, uh, plus 10. I, I, I just feel like, first of all, in the, in the Pac-12, I don't like any of these double-digit favorites because it just feels Good like... Point. These teams are too bundled together, particularly in the upper half of. The, I mean, don't get me wrong, Cal. That that they're on a different level of bad. I, I mean, Cal one of. Cal was giving up, or they gave up seven points at home to USC to a down USC team. Cal's historically bad. The rest of the conference, though, pretty close. And I I, I think ten points is a lot. Utah's eleven and five against the spread all time in this matchup. Uh, before the earlier matchup this year, Utah had won six straight and nine of the last ten. So Utah's got revenge here. These are two of the best teams against the spread in Pac-12 play. Washington's 10 and two. Utah nine and four. In the non-conference, wasn't working out that way. Washington was three and nine against the spread. Utah was four eight and one. So both these teams have kind of uh, have kind of turned it on in conference play. At least if you're betting with them, Utah has thrived as an underdog on the road. They're five and two on the road. Six and zero against the spread on the road in conference play. The the first matchup, Utah shot thirty three percent, worst of the season. They've on they've only shot under forty percent one other time this season. So that was their worst shooting game. I, I just feel like I said that the top of the Pac twelve is closer than people think. Washington's been a double digit favorite twice in conference against Wazoo and Cal. I think Utah is clearly better than those two teams. So I'll just take the points here. Utah plus ten seems like a lot, so it's a like for me. Utah plus double digits,
0: solid handicap there. I'm with you. Lean on Utah for me plus the ten. You mentioned Utah perfect on the Pac-12 road, which is saying something because Utah traditionally, you know, has home court team, home court team because of the altitude, and they haven't been that great at home compared to on the road uh, this year. Whenever you got a big uh, underdog. I mean, I like having a clear edge uh, on one side of the ball, and you have that. Utah is a much better offensive team than Washington. The problem is Washington, you know, night and day, head and shoulders, clear-cut defensive edge. But, again, that's why the line is going to be double digits in this one. You know, generally speaking, Washington was one of the hottest teams in the country against the number. They had covered 10 straight. Well, what happens? The market catches up to you, and Washington's been a little pricey as of late. They failed to cover the number in their last two games. You mentioned it series-wise. Utah, a little bit of revenge. They had dominated the series prior to the most recent matchup here. Lean Utah plus the 10. A.J. Hoffman likes Utah plus the 10. Any opinion on this one, Sleepy?
2: Yeah, I'll go with you guys here in Lean Utah. I was, I was leaning that way anyway. Utah, obviously, off a loss. Washington, three straight road games now. They get to come home. They almost lost the last game, seventy-two seventy win over Washington State. I think that they, they take a big deep breath here, and if after that road, you know, three road games in a row, what's going to affect them more? It's going to be their defense, and that's really what they rely on. And or, uh, Utah can score; they score almost seventy-seven points a game. So I think ten is a little bit too much. I'd be with you guys here with Utah. Uh,
0: AJ, you brought up an, an interesting thing, and at least uh, you know I got to get this in my thought process—a little something to put in your pocket moving forward. You mentioned both teams terrible in the non-conference.
1: That's something. To well, keep at least against, eye- against the spread. No, against, against the spread. No,
0: I know. I agree with you against the spread. We're already saying how the Pac-12 is down, and similar to bowl action when it comes to college football, Pac-12 has been awful last three bowl seasons uh, for the most part. Do we look to play? And I'll bring up last year. I think it was the case Pac-12 was awful in postseason tournaments. Here's one for you know to keep it in your back pocket and three four weeks from now when we get into tournament postseason action. Might not be a bad idea to, to look and see how these Pac-12 teams do uh, because, you know, recent history as far as at least these two teams isn't good as far as non-conference. The overall conference uh, had a terrible postseason last year and, and just results-oriented, there is no dominant Pac-12 team this year. I'm wondering if we can make some money just you know, not blindly fading the conference but certainly finding some value uh, in certain spots fading this conference because, let's face it, Far and away behind at this point. I, I mean, I can argue uh, because uh, of the strength of Houston and Cincinnati. I mean, Pac-12 is similar to the AAC when it comes to strength. <laughs> I mean, right I,
1: now, maybe. I wouldn't. I wouldn't argue against. That. I'd argue that the the Ohio Valley Conference <laughs> with Belmont and Murray State and Austin P and and Jacksonville. I would say that team is is there, or that conference is in the same conversation as this one. The problem is if you're trying to fade the Pac-12 it, come tournament time, you're going to be Basically fading them in NIT games because I think there's one, two tops coming from the Pac-12, so it's going to be hard to find a bunch of games where you can fade, the, you know, the the Pac-12 unless you're you're playing the smaller tournaments, which some people do, and you can actually find some value in those. But yeah, you're going to have a hard time uh, finding too many Pac-12 teams to fade. Come tournament time. Yeah,
0: and it'll be interesting to see if RJ allows us to do some NIT, CBI, and CIT. Everyone wants to talk NCAA tournament. It's
1: college basketball. I don't see why I we love couldn't. love
0: betting the NIT, CBI, and CIT tournaments. There's a lot more value in some of those tournaments than often.
1: Lots softer lines.
0: Yes, than the NCAA tournament. And you get so many unique positions. You know, the Teams that just don't want to be there. It's similar to bowl action. And it's not yep. the NCAA tournament they don't have anything to play for you get some teams that are very excited I mean they sell out the, their home arena they're, they're all fired up to be hosting maybe a big big name program love betting the NIT I just I mean if you ask me what would you rather bet as far as a profit aspect goes, would you rather bet the NCAA tournament or the NIT give me the NIT all day and twice on Sunday.
2: Yeah, as we get closer, Don't. maybe we'll put a poll up uh, for that to see what our, our listeners actually
0: think. If they want it, You know, maybe we'll do Oh, it. they'll want it because they want winners. That's right. They want, they want money, yeah. It's all, the money. It's all the money. It doesn't It'll matter money. as long as you're cashing those tickets. Again, recapping it, like Utah plus 10 for A.J., lean Utah plus 10 for both Sleepy and myself. I'm Brad Powers. He's A.J. Hoffman. Sleepy J in the house moving along here. It's another team we haven't really talked too much about, although they're in the top 10. We're going to move to the Mountain West, Nevada, at San Diego State, this is Wednesday night action. Projected line, Nevada, minus nine. And this is another game. Oh, my goodness. Another double like here. I'll lead off again with my main man, A.J. Hoffman. Who do you like in this matchup?
1: I like San Diego State getting nine points here. They've won this game three times in the last two seasons, including the last two games that they played. Uh, Nevada, a 5-0 and o against the spread streak. All double-digit spread. So they're, they're playing really good ball right now. And aside from that that insane loss that they had at New Mexico, they've, they have only had one conference opponent play them within single digits. That was the BYU game. Everything else has been a double-digit win in conference for them. Uh, but San Diego State, 6-1 and one straight up, 5-2 and two against the spread their last seven. Ironically, the one loss in that stretch was also at New Mexico, who New Mexico only seems to be up to beat good teams at home. Everybody else they'll just roll over for. Uh, Nevada starting to get expensive though. And and it helps that they've got that seven next to their name. And and I don't know where it'll be tomorrow. It may be six, but I do think they're starting to get pricey. Uh, but they're probably about, I mean, 18, somewhere in there in my power rankings. So I've got a pretty big difference between what the AP has and what I've got, uh, Nevada as San Diego state, their win at home against Utah state is kind of the reason that why I feel comfortable doing this. I think Utah state's the, the second best team in the mountain West and San Diego state got a win against them at home. So I feel like, well, why, why could, if they can beat Utah state, why couldn't they stay, or why couldn't they stay within 10 points of Nevada? So I'll like San Diego state plus nine here.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you. Like San Diego state plus the nine, uh, you mentioned Nevada's playing good ball. I mean, we, we got to mention here and I'm probably a little higher on Nevada than most my power rings. I got the Wolfpack top 10, number 10 in the country. Oh, boy. And I still think there's value here because, I, you know, I think San Diego State is playing their by far their best ball of the season. They won six of their last seven. They're seven and two against the number last nine. Uh, I like outlier lines, and this is one of them. My database only goes back in, at least in hoops 12 years, but not a single time has San Diego State been catching this kind of number at home. Largest home underdog role for San Diego State in at least – at least 12 years, and I'm guessing it goes back even uh, a lot longer than that. Uh, looking at the matchup, you know, you're right, A.J. I think this is the time where Nevada's probably getting a little expensive, even though they've covered six straight. And, again, San Diego State's not going to be overwhelmed by Nevada. Look, in in conference tournament action last year, and Nevada was a team that ended up beating and going to the Sweet 16, San Diego State took it to them. Not, I don't think they're overly intimidated here. So uh, I think, you know, when Nevada walks off the bus, we talked about it in the North Carolina Duke series. Uh, In Mountain West play, Nevada walks uh, off the bus, at least with this year's talent, uh, the Martin brothers and Carolina and whatnot, they beat half the teams on their schedule. San Diego State's not one of those teams. Lean on the, or like on the Aztecs for me, plus the nine. Uh, Any closing thoughts?
1: Yeah, you know, the, the experience is obviously a big deal for Nevada and this is a, a young San Diego state team. And, and the, I mean, let's face it. The reason why Nevada is so good is because they brought everybody back from last year and they've, they've just got a lot of continuity. They play really well together. But like you said, the San Diego state team historically has been one of the best teams in the mountain West conference. I mean, they've won this conference several times over the last 15 years and, and they're not intimidated by Nevada. So I, I, I think San Diego state like you said, playing really well right now. I think you get their their max effort right here. And I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, San Diego State's not gonna. Nevada's got an at-large bid locked up. San Diego State knows by now they can't get an at-large bid, but they've got nothing. They've got nothing to lose here. I don't see why they wouldn't give it their best shot.
0: Yeah, and I mean, this could be like a, kind of like a season maker for the Aztecs, even though they turned their season around. Looks like I mean, they're clearly heading for NIT play. Here, But, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, when you look at it uh, as far as San Diego State uh, being a team that's playing red hot and historically speaking have been one of those teams, even last year, getting the better of Nevada, uh, you know, a couple times, uh, like you mentioned, uh, but I, I like the Aztecs a lot. We'll see. Maybe we're getting a juicier number here. If I'm getting doubles, San Diego State's uh, A.J. mentioned at the start of the podcast, loading it into his pregame premium picks. It'll be a premium pick for me if we get this number, and of course, uh, if we're getting double digits again, that's a double like San Diego State. Uh, generally speaking, though, uh, you know, I, I know we're fading Nevada in this one. You're over since we haven't talked much about the Wolf Pack. What's the ceiling for this team? Uh, sweet back-to-back Sweet Sixteens, are, you know, depending on draw with all the experience that they've had making the Sweet Sixteen last year, all five starters back this year, NBA uh, good coach and Eric Musselman. Is this a team that can make a, is this the Loyola uh, of this year?
1: I don't know if I see them as that. I, and I'll, I'll be honest. I, I think if they make the Sweet 16 for a second year, I would probably be surprised. I, I mean, I guess it wouldn't it wouldn't blow my mind, but it, I, I'm guessing they're probably going to be a four seed. And then when you think about what the five seeds are going to look like, there's going to be Villanova's and Wisconsin's and yeah. teams like that. And and. Nevada just hasn't seen those types of teams. They've they've not gone up against those teams. So uh, until they kind of prove it to me, I, I'm a little hesitant on them. They, they 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 their non-conference schedule, and I I think it's weird that Nevada is getting more respect than the University of Houston at this point because Houston beat LSU non-conference. You know Nevada's best win non-conference is USC, Arizona State, I guess. I just feel like there's more quality wins, that the AAC, the Americans, a better league than the Mountain West. And for some reason, I guess it's because of what they did last season. Yeah. Nevada seems to be getting more respect than Houston, and I don't know that that's earned necessarily.
0: And I think some of it, though, though AJ, is some of the margin. I mean, Nevada's, you know, you look on the season, average line for Nevada games, 14 Nevada's been, an, on average, a 14-point favorite, and they've gone 17-7-1 against the number. I, I think some of it's margin, but but, but I'm with you. Uh, Houston's right up there, and you know Houston more than, than anyone uh, that's handicapping uh, college basketball. You're right in that market. You're following the team day in and day out, so uh, I don't necessarily disagree with you. Houston's got got at least right now or at least recently, from what we've seen, especially a big game against Cincinnati, uh, and then a big road win against UCF when, when I thought Houston was up against it. Right now, from what I've seen the last couple weeks, uh, on a neutral floor, yeah, I, Nevada's getting a lot more respect than Houston. I'm not sure that that's deserved.
1: And the teams that have these crazy wins, and I mean, obviously the the New Mexico loss is, is fluky, but that loss at New Mexico, I mean, they lost by, what, 28, 20, some, some 27 or 28 points, some ridiculous number, at a bad New Mexico team even though it's their one loss, it's like, man, I, I really wish their one loss would have been to Utah State or or Utah or somebody like that. I, I wish that they had a loss that was somehow explainable. explainable. Yep. And, and that loss, is just it's just nonsensical.
0: Fair enough. Again, that's A.J. Hoffman. You can follow him on Twitter, at A.J. is the real. I'm Brad Powers, producing Sleepy J. Moving along, just a couple more games here, and we'll wrap up the podcast Moving all the way to Thursday night, and keep in mind, guys, we are taping this uh, podcast on Sunday evening. So these games right here are the furthest away from where we're taping. Thursday night, UCF's at Cincinnati. Projected line, I got the Bearcats at home. Uh, A 6.5-point favorite. Looks like a couple of leans. I'll lead it off here. Some disagreement between AJ and myself. I'm leaning with the dog here, UCF, plus 6.5. For me, uh, not a strong lean here. I just think it's going to be a very slow-tempo game. You look at tempo, UCF's number 310 in the country. Cincinnati's number 342, so much lower-scoring game. And when you're getting a much lower-scoring game, give me the points. When points are at a premium to begin with, give me the dog. Although Cincinnati has you know owned this series nine and one straight up and seven and three against the number last ten meetings between uh, the two teams so oh, not not a strong handicap for me just a lean on UCF plus six and a half what say you AJ
1: yeah I lean the other way but I don't I don't feel really great about it and mostly because of why you said because it's a slow tempo game and it's just it's a big number to lay with with a, a game that could be pretty low scoring but Cincinnati's been overpriced at home a little bit they're two and four against the spread in conference play and the one of those two wins was against Tulane and everyone should be able to win and cover against Tulane at home. I mean, those are like 20 point spreads and everybody beats Tulane by 40. Uh, Central Florida though, what worries me, they've only played six road games all season. They're three and three straight up and against the spread. They just haven't been out on the road. And Cincinnati, one of the things that jumped out at me, they're going to get a lot of extra possessions in this game. Much better turnover margin. They're one of the best turnover margin teams in the country and a, a big advantage in offensive rebounding. Uh, Central Florida lets a lot of offensive rebounds happen. It's a lean for me on Cincinnati. I hate to bet against Central Florida right now. They uh, that, w- that was actually tied for my my best bet of the weekend. My two biggest bets this weekend were Kentucky and Central Florida last night against Memphis. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I do like the Central Florida team, but just seeing them get tested on the road when they just haven't been yet, I, I don't know that I feel good against a, a pretty a pretty quality Cincinnati basketball team.
0: Yeah, and on the road, it hasn't been an overwhelming look. I mean, a loss to Missouri in overtime, I mean, that's not terrible. Uh, Wichita State isn't the same Wichita State team. That's that a down Wichita, yeah. yeah. Memphis was a bad look uh, on the road there. So I, I agree with you. That's actually surprising. I, I went and double-checked that. Only six road games. Mm. Yeah, duly noted as far as that one. That might actually depending on what the line is come uh, Thursday. Ooh, that's going to be a very slight lean or maybe even a pass-strong handicap there. Again, that's A.J. Hoffman. And another thing, and it's not taking me off the lean right now on UCF, but one thing to keep notice of, guys, and I'll do some research on this, but UCF free throw percentage is a team number 336. And when you got a line that's in this range and you're not shooting your free throws very well as a team, that scares me a little bit. So overwhelming uh, thought for me is just that it's gonna be a very low scoring game, so therefore I'll take the dog. So we lean on UCL plus six and a half. AJ's on the other side, he had the stronger handicap. Cincinnati minus six and a half. Sleepy, any thoughts? No, I'm gonna pass that one. All right.
1: Sleepy J. I basically feel like all of uh all of Cincinnati's free throw woes come from the fact that they've got Taco Fall and, and he always gets fouled and he's like the worst free throw shooter I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, you're right on you uh, on uh, I mean he it,
1: yeah. he is a, a giant it, it, I feel like he should just be able to reach out and drop it in the basket and it, he's he's just horrific shooting free Does it throws just me? and he's
0: He'd been there like 5 or 6 years it feels like
1: the, well he's I think he's a fifth year senior I, I was I just pulled this up his free throw percentage by year as a freshman 56% sophomore 46% uh, junior 46% senior 34% from the wow. free throw line Thirty four percent, you know, he's seven foot six. Typically, those guys don't shoot free throws well unless you're Yao Ming. But that's that's pretty horrific. So
0: we got to come up with something. So hack a shack. So foul a fall. Or is there or, something or, better, uh, with, uh, taco?
1: Something's better with how about, taco? How about how about hack hako a taco?
0: Hako a taco. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> hako a taco.
1: Yeah, I like that.
0: What, 34%. Why wouldn't you file this guy all the time?
1: Every time.
0: Oh. You think I haven't seen that. too many of those games, and I haven't seen that strategy always employed. Man, I would. Are you kidding me? Wow. Yeah, he's bad. All right. AJ, look at that. Do we have the end dreams? That's AJ Hoffman getting only in dreams. And just uh, for those of you that aren't aware, anytime there's something that you will not hear on any other podcast, breaking down taco (laughs) falls, free throw shooting. And of course the Hako a taco that
1: deserved an only in dreams. And you get the, you think I'm the only one, you think I'm the only one coming up with that number. Come on. I haven't heard it. There's a lot of guys, a lot of guys deep diving on taco fall. I'm sure.
0: Yeah, I, I don't hear it on a day-to-day <laughs> basis. I mean, this isn't the NFL. I, I You don't get deep dives on college hoops. That's why a lot of people That's are true. appreciating this College Basketball Dream podcast. One more game to go, guys. It is on Thursday night. Back to the Big Ten we go. We got the Michigan Wolverines, number six in the country, at a dangerous Minnesota team. Looks like I have the strongest opinion on this one. I like Minnesota, plus uh, we'll call it five and a half as the projected line. Minnesota played with Michigan in that first meeting, especially down the stretch only losing by two. And Michigan hit a late shot at the practically the buzzer to win that game. I, you know, look, I, I was on the Michigan side uh, of things in our most recent podcast. They came through with a cover against Maryland, but it's very tough laying points of this Michigan offense right now. Again, I mentioned it on the last podcast. Only once has Michigan topped 70 points in their last nine games. And when, when I'm not getting anything on the offensive side of the ball, I, I don't want to be laying points on the road. And speaking on the road, Michigan hasn't been that great on the road. Team, yeah, gaudy record overall, 23-3. and three. But in their last five road games, Michigan, 2-3. and three. They've lost three of their last five road games. Forget against the spread. We're talking straight up the Wolverines have lost. So they haven't been the same team away from home like they've been uh, at, at home. Minnesota at home it has been pretty solid, 13-2 and two straight up. And one of my main factors here, who's on deck for the Wolverines? Michigan State at home. Probably the biggest game of the season for Michigan. And, again, this is a Thursday game. Michigan State game, I believe, is played on Sunday. So just a couple days in between there. Could be some look ahead. And I don't think you're giving total max effort here, especially you're up in the second half. I like Minnesota here, plus 5.5. This is probably my – if North Carolina is number one, LSU is 2, Minnesota here would be my third play of the week plus the five and a half. What do you think, AJ?
1: Yeah, I got a strong lean towards Minnesota. I, I actually thought you'd give me a little bit better number than five and a half. Uh, but I, I think even at five and a half, it's it's a borderline like for me. It's a revenge. Obviously, the, the game at Michigan was actually really close. And Minnesota is kind of one of those underrated teams. How I was saying Iowa seems to me to be overrated. I think watching Minnesota, I feel like they're just as good, if not better, than Iowa. And nobody talks about Minnesota because they don't have a number in front of their name. Uh, but these are two slow-tempo, low-scoring teams. Um, Michigan's offense is improving, but it's still far from scary. And and you mentioned them being shaky away from home. They've already lost to Iowa and Penn State this month on the road. Yep. And this is a top-ten team in the country. Eh, and it's a sandwich game between Maryland and Michigan State. It just seems like a really bad spot for Michigan. I'll, I'll lean Minnesota plus five and a half. And, and if I get even if I get six, I, I'm, I'm probably turning that into a play.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think Michigan will be a very public play because it's going to seem like a very short number. Uh, oh, yeah. And in the pregame dot com. This is great. We haven't talked about this. The game center uh, go in there. It's the only place in the world where you can get cash splits for free. And I am going to project it right now. Michigan's going to be one of the more public plays on Thursday because public's going to see that name next to that number next to Michigan. What? They're only laying five and a half or so on the road against Minnesota. Give me, give me, give me Michigan. I think that the bigger money is going to be on the opposite side. I like Minnesota and I agree with you. Uh, We're talking borderline best bet of the week for me if I'm getting a better number, but I do think it comes short. And we've seen, Uh, You know, some money come against Michigan recently, particularly on the road. Some money came against them in the Penn State game. We saw how that turned out. Michigan losing outright to Penn State in their most recent road game. And and to be perfectly frank with you, Minnesota's better than Penn State. So uh, if you're not taking care of business against the Nittany Lions, I think you might be up against it here against the the Gophers. Any closing thoughts?
1: No, that's about all I got on that one. It's a tough game to handicap because – I mean, Mich- Michigan on the road has just been so meh. But I do believe they're a good team. And, and any given day, they can just shut you down. But uh, I I just don't I'm, – I'm not crazy about this team on the road, having seen them lose a couple games that I feel like they had no business losing.
0: Sleepy, came in strong. Best bet, Syracuse, plus one. Mm-hmm. Your first one. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy uh, about that one. We should have lost it.
1: Sleepy game. doesn't care about this game, Big Ten. Yeah, no, Big actually, 10.
0: Actually, Do you? Yeah, I do like Let's hear game. it. yeah.
2: You guys know I hate the Big Ten. If there are two teams that I know in the Big Ten, it's Michigan, and believe it or not, it's Minnesota. Why? I'm not going to tell you why on Minnesota, but Michigan, I've been pretty strong with our totals using them in our first two podcasts. Yeah, you have unders. So I have a really good feel with with Michigan and Minnesota. I'm not going to tell you guys why on Minnesota. Why not? It's here's a secret. What, you got to
0: be an open book It's a here. secret.
2: So here's what I'm going to tell you. Once the total comes out, I'm going to post it. In the pregame.com forums whether I lean or like on the total I don't know where this number is gonna come out I have a feeling it's not going to come out where a lot of people think so when it does come out I'm gonna post my play in the pregame.com forum so look for that
1: all right that's sleepy J. I'll, yeah I'll expect a tag
0: yeah
2: tag you got it
1: yeah and
0: that's sleepy J <laughs> you can find him on Twitter at sleepyJ underscore pregame best bet for you on the podcast Syracuse plus one for sleepy as we're wrapping it up here First time ever, as far as the College Basketball Dream podcast goes, both A.J. Hoffman and myself, best bet, North Carolina plus 9.5. Both Syracuse and the North Carolina bets are Wednesday games. A.J. Hoffman coming in strong on a Sunday evening after coaching you know, his sons. Uh, he's got baseball going on. He's got a heck of a lot going on. You can always follow A.J. on Twitter, at A.J. is the real. Any closing thoughts, A.J.?
1: No, man, uh, another good episode, and it feels good coming in here off of a win instead of the uh, the other way around, and uh, hopefully we, we keep the train moving here.
0: Let's do it. Again, I'm Brad, merely Brad Powers. This was the College Basketball Dream Podcast. We'll be back with you guys Friday morning discussing the upcoming weekend. Take care. Have a great week.